Hi, this is George Thorgood. Hey, this is Pat Travers. Hey, this is Steve Lukather of Toto. Hey, this is Ryan. Hey, this is Chuck. We're in Black Top Mojo, and you're listening to Guitar Talk with Jimmy Warren. All right, everybody, you're tuned in to Guitar Talk with me, Jimmy Warren. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. You know what? Today uh, is uh, a different day for us because we're having a conversation centered around recording the guitar. Uh, My guest today is going to be John Carpenter. He is the owner and engineer at the Thunderclap Recording Studios in Hammond, Indiana. Actually, my last project was done with John and uh, the EP is actually named or titled the Thunderclap Sessions. Uh, John does a great job of uh, of engineering. He's got a great ear. Um, He was a huge asset on my project and so I thought well you know what there needed to be a conversation around recording the guitar and so this would be the first of many to come of course. And uh, John's a great player. You know, he's got a really cool band called the Nomad Planets. They're out of Hammond, Indiana. And uh, they do all original music, and it's it's really cool. They're very unique, extremely talented people, uh, all great players. And so uh, today, John's going to join me, and we're going to discuss recording the guitar, but also his band and his history and his playing as well, because you know what, those things come into effect, you know, for him as an engineer. So it's going to be cool. So uh, sit back, you know, make sure you got something cool to drink. And here we go. John Carpenter of Thunderclap Recording Studios in Hammond, Indiana. All right. So let's just, let's just jump into this. You know, before we start talking about about recording the guitars and uh-huh. uh, and all that kind of goes into that. You know, you're a player, and I, you know, you play in a band and you've played in bands, and you know, you're a good player. You've got good equipment. I just like to know how did you get started playing? What was your story, and what was it that influenced you in the beginning to start? Uh, well, I started back when I was probably about. 10 years old, my, my sister, I was, I was really into the Beatles, you know, right when they first came out, yeah. my sister was six years older than I was. And so she was already, uh, in high school when, when, uh, the Beatles came out. And, uh, I remember seeing them on the Ed Sullivan show and just being totally fascinated. And so she bought one year, uh, for Christmas, she bought me like, I think it was like six weeks of lessons, uh, guitar lessons. And, uh, and my parents, not, neither one of them are, are musicians. Well, my mom played a when she was young, she played a, a little bit of piano, but, um, my parents went out, bought me a, just this really crap, crappy guitar because they didn't know any better. And the, the action was like half inch off the, uh, the fingerboard and, and it was just, it was impossible to play, you know, but I took those lessons, but, you know, not knowing any better, I didn't realize that, you know, Hey, I, I should have a better guitar. I kind of gave up on it because it was just, the guitar was just too hard to play. And, uh, and so I let it go for, for a, a long time. And, uh, when I got to college, I had some friends that were players and so, uh, this, uh, friend of mine, this female friend of mine, uh, let me her Yamaha 
guitar, acoustic guitar. And uh, it was like, oh my goodness, this is the way it should be. <laughs> it was like so easy to play compared to, you know, what I had been playing. And, uh, and so that kind of got me reinterested and reintroduced to, into playing guitar. And I got so into it that I, you know, I, I'd be in class in college, but I'd be thinking about guitar uh, chords and where my fingers would go. I wouldn't even have a guitar in my hands. I would just, I'd be visualizing these things in my head. And, uh, and so I, that's, that's how I got back into it. And once I was back into it, I was really into it. Um, and I, I stayed with acoustic guitar for a long time. Um, didn't really get into electric guitar uh, until years later. And, uh, and that's when I, I started uh, playing with bands and stuff. That's what kind of got me into playing electric was, was hooking up with some other players and, and then starting some bands. And, um, and that's, that's kind of how it all got started. Yeah. So were you, uh, once you got to college and you got reinterested in it and, and going forward from there, did you uh, go back and start, you know, taking more lessons? You know, are you are you somewhat trained, or would you say that it's pretty much you're an ear player now? I'm pretty much an ear player. I, I took a couple jazz lessons because I thought it would open up my mind, but I, I just really didn't get into that. The teacher that I had, uh, he, I got the impression that he didn't really want to be there. You know, it was like <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, so. He wasn't really into it, so I wasn't really into it. Um, and I, I only uh, took a, you know, a, a few lessons with him, and then I, I just stopped, you know, because I, I just it didn't, it wasn't even any fun with him, you know. Yeah. Uh, and um, but you know, I just just from friends, you know, it, it, it was always the kind of thing. Where somebody would play something real cool, and it was like, hey man, can you show me that, you know? And and so that's kind of how I learned and got started. And, uh, and, you know, that, of course that was way before YouTube, you know, now, now you can get on YouTube and learn anything you want. You know, there's so much stuff out there for, for young players to, and, or even older players. I mean, I, I still jump on YouTube and, and figure things out for, you know, there's a song or there's a riff or there's, or a lesson, you know, there's, there's just so much availability um, in order to uh, move forward with your playing and, and musicianship. Yeah, there's a lot of options and that. I even catch, I catch myself, well, today I I, I ran across a uh, Robin Ford masterclass on chords. <laughs> and, uh, ah, yeah. You know, yeah. and I spent a little time, you know, uh, watching it and going through some of the stuff. I love the stuff he does and Josh Smith and, you know, Ariel yeah. Posen, and some of them guys really got some some great stuff on there. They sure do. Yeah, and there's so many different sites now. And, and the cool thing is, is that you can get really pro players, you know, uh, giving you insight yeah. and tips, you know, as opposed to, you know, people you barely know or something. That's right, yeah. Yeah. So, and most of, those, you know, most of those guys that are doing it for a living, you know, they're, they're really into it, and most of them are really into – sharing their knowledge you know mm -hmm. yeah so really a cool thing yeah so so have you ever wished that you know maybe you know that you were a studied guy 
you know, or. Yeah. You know, sometimes I, yeah. I, I, I wish I knew more about, um, uh, uh, shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, theory. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I wish I wish I knew a little more about theory. You know, I'm I'm pretty pretty dumb about that stuff. You know, uh, yeah. I, I mostly you know it's mostly an ear thing. You know, I, I I I tend to, and I think it it's because of recording too. I you know I've recorded for years and years and years, and it, it you know that in itself has kind of allowed me to figure out what works and what doesn't work. You know. Yeah, that, that seems to be one thing that I noticed from working with you. You know, your ears is really good. Oh, you know, thank you. Yeah, you man, you you catch things and you spot things that you know. Even myself, you know, I I didn't hear. You know, or you know, which is which is really really cool. So when you were in college, in that, did you know at that point in time that you were going to be involved in music? you know, in one fashion or another, you know, for a living, or did you have aspirations to do something else and then just kind of fell into, you know, owning a recording studio and being an engineer? Yeah, I, uh, by the, by the end of college, uh, I, I know that's kind of where I wanted to be. I wanted to do something with music, I, but I didn't know what, you know, but I wanted to be in the, involved in the, the music industry in some fashion. And so I've, I've done several things, man. I went out to, right after college, I substitute taught uh, high school for, like, I don't know, maybe about six months, one one season, uh, uh, one semester, and uh, saved up a little money. And then I went out to Arizona to a uh, luthier school and uh, thought I'd try my hand at building guitars and, and then eventually you know maybe repairing and building guitars would be a, a cool thing to do so i went out there and went to the roberto venn school of luthery uh which which is in phoenix and uh or right outside phoenix actually it's in tempe um and uh i was out there for four months built two guitars one acoustic one electric uh the acoustic i still use it's it turned out pretty decent you know it's it's you know, it's my first guitar so it's it's not a state-of-the-art guitar but but i i've strung it up as a high strung or a national tuning guitar and i so i use it that way on a lot of stuff and uh and it records really well and then the electric that i built it it, it didn't it, you know i didn't really know what i was doing and it didn't turn out real good it's it's nice to look at but it's it's not a, a play player you know it's not a player uh so it's it's it kind of just sits in the closet you know <laughs> <laughs> that's funny see i didn't even know that so yeah. so did you uh did you get into recording right after that period of time or how did you you know because today you own thunderclap recording studio in indiana and in hammond and so how did you come to uh to being involved in that starting that um Around 1980, uh, I was in a band and, uh, you know, you know how things are with bands. We all do. Uh, people have egos and people get pissed off and, you know, you think you have something good going and then it falls apart. 
And so we had this band going and it kind of fell apart. And uh, one of the other guys in the band who I was really close with, um, we decided to, hey, let's not, let's not get into another band. Let's buy some uh, recording equipment and just see what we could do with it, you know. And so uh, we bought, uh, at that time, recording gear was starting to change. You know, there were like Fostex came out with a, with a four track real real recorder. Then they came out with an eight track real real recorder and, and Tascam soon followed. And, um, so we bought some, you know, some gear. It wasn't great gear, but it was good enough that we could lay down our ideas. And, and, you know, once we started doing that, I just felt really at home. I felt, yeah, this is what I should be doing. It's, I felt really comfortable with it. Um, and then, so we, uh, the two of us, we recorded a, a record together. And then uh, a producer up in Chicago uh, heard it. Actually, we did a we did a soundtrack for. We were hired to do a soundtrack for an independent film, and uh, we did that. We recorded it at, at a studio up in Evanston, and uh, I think it was called Q and R Studio. And they had a, a young engineer working there at the time. And his name was uh, Justin Niebank. And he's now uh, down in uh, Nashville. And he's he's worked with all kinds of people. Uh, John Hyatt and uh, I think Ry Cooter. And uh, it just he, he's really got a, uh, quite a uh, a list of people that he's worked with. And, and uh, But anyway, he, he heard our, at that time, he heard our, our stuff. And so he wanted to, to bring us up to Streeterville Studio in Chicago. And uh, so we re- we recorded with him. Uh, we recorded like, I don't know, four songs. And uh, and right at the end of that is when he moved down to uh, Nashville and, and started his career in Nashville. And, and nothing really went for us anywhere. Uh, and uh, my partner, it was actually his house that we started the studio in. And when I decided to do it as business, uh, I bought him out of, of the gear that we had. And, um, and then j- it just kind of took off from there very slowly. Um, and luckily, you know, I, I got to give kudos to my wife because at the time, anytime you start off a, 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 a start a new business, regardless of what it is, you know, they say it takes anywhere from five to 10 years for it to, to blossom and and stand on its own um and and so that's you know the first six years was just trying to build the business you know everything i made went right back into the business and my wife was supportive enough to to help me get this thing going by by allowing me to do that you know and mm-hmm. she, she had a, a pretty good job and so um she she uh she supported us uh, for those five to six years. And then after the sixth year, it, 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 just like they say, man, it started to take off. And, uh, and that, and, and that I've been doing it ever since, you know? Yeah. Well, you've, you've got a nice, you've got a nice setup now. You've got, you know, really nice gear. And, uh, you know, as I said, you know, you've got a great ear. So, you know, the combination of all that with the experiences, uh, 
you know, really cool. But you're, you know, but you're also a player with a studio. So before we get into talking about recording guitars, let's talk about your guitars and your gear. Okay. I know you got a bunch of them, and I can sit here and probably mention a bunch of them, but I'd rather you talk about them. Uh, sure. sure. <laughs> if I was, you know, if somebody was going to come see your band, your band's called Nomad Planets, right? In that's Hamm- right. That's correct. Yeah, Nomad yeah. Planets. You guys got a few CDs out, and uh, music's really good. It's definitely original. You know, you guys aren't a cover band by any means in that. Um, so if I was to come see you play, you know, what would be, you know, the guitar or guitars that you would have? you know, that you would be using, your number one, number two kind of thing? Okay, well, um, probably my number one guitar right now is my uh, Les Paul. It's a two, excuse me, a 2007 uh, Les Paul. It's got a chamber body, uh, which I like because it makes it a lot lighter. Uh, and it, I, I replaced the pickups. It, it had uh, burst buckers in it, and, uh, and I ended up going with... Um, the name of the uh tyson tone uh pickups uh and uh they're made by a guy um can't remember where he's from what part of the country he's from but uh he tunes his magnets and and it was recommended by a good friend a good a good guitar player uh, eric lambert that records with me uh he recommended this guy and uh so i I picked up a couple of those uh, pickups. They're PFs, PFA, uh, PAF style pickups, and uh, uh, they they sound really good. They're you know they're not real high output. They're they're lower output, and and I, I really like the pickups a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so that's probably my number one guitar. And then uh, I use a Strat. That's actually a Squire Strat. That uh, Another really good guitar player uh, named uh, Phil Miller. Um, he uh, he took that uh, guitar apart and put EMGs in it and put uh, different uh, uh, locking tuners in it and and just set it all up. And it's just it, it's a Squire, but it's not a Squire. It's it, it it's really a, a, a killer guitar. I, re- I really like it. That uh, guitar it's a it's a real player um so i i I like that one um and then uh i've got two main acoustics that i use i've got a martin uh d35 that came to me through the studio i had a guy that was recording here and uh really good songwriter named uh jeff sarver um and uh he was down on money so he offered me this guitar, uh, for studio time. And, uh, it was, it was a guitar that he, he had sitting under his, uh, his bed for the longest time. And it was in bad shape. It was, uh, it didn't have much tone to it and it had some cracks and, but I ended up taking it up to elderly instruments up in Lansing, Michigan. And they, they turned that guitar into a just a wonderful sounding uh, and playing guitar. I, uh, it's become my favorite. Uh, my uh, my fav- favorite acoustic before that was a Taylor, uh, 
one of the really early Taylor 812s mm. um, from, I think it was built in 82. Yeah. So it's before uh, Taylor really took off. And uh, and that's another really great guitar. I, I really like that guitar as well. Yeah. And what, what kind of uh, kind of amp are you going into? Uh, well, I played a, a, a AC30 for a long time um, oh. on, on stage, uh, a box AC30. And uh, kind of retired that one to the studio. It's a great sounding amp, but it's it's a '62 or '63 head, and I was just paranoid of, of it getting damaged or yeah. or somebody ripping it off. So yeah. I, I, I retired that to the studio, and now I'm using a uh, a Swart uh, AST, uh, and that's a it's a it's a small amp. It's a it's a twenty. Two watt amp, and uh, but it sounds killer. I, 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 it's uh, very Fenderish, but uh, a little more lush, I think, than than a, than a lot of Fenders. Yeah. And, and uh, so that's what that's that's the the amp I've been using lately. But you know, I, you know how us guitar players are. I'm, yeah. I've been kind of uh, wondering if it's time to move on to something else <laughs> we'll, we'll see well you could come over to my shop and uh yeah yeah <laughs> go shopping i can't yeah, i can't get got, rid of anything oh man you got a music store at your place yeah I, I couldn't, in your photos yeah, wow couldn't get rid of nothing if i wanted yeah. to so uh the pedal board i've seen the pedal board it's it takes up some real estate it does yeah <laughs> So I mean, you don't have to mention everything on it, but you know, uh, what are some what are some of the the key effects that are, you're using in order to? Because you you do some really, you know, um, how do how do I put it? Some really nuancey things. Is, is that a word? New a nuancey thing? Yeah, yeah, nuance, uh, nuanced, you, uh, playing and, and atmospheric in some yeah. cases. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I, uh, I I really like space in recordings. You know, I've I've grown to really like you know a lot a lot of space in recordings. Um, you know, I don't like to fill up every nook nook and cranny. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I I've still use a Line Six that I've had forever. Uh, I have a Line Six uh, digital delay, the DDL. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, what do, you use that a lot? Over, what do you use for overdrive? I've or, got a Plexitone that I like. I've got the, the, the larger one. You know, they, they come out with a smaller one, but I've got the uh, two-channel uh, Plexitone. Mm-hmm. Carl, it's Carl Martin, made by Carl Martin. Yeah. And I like that a lot. It's 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 really got that Plexi sound uh, to it. And it sounds good through my, uh, my Swart uh, amp. And then I've got uh, been using uh, a Mojo Mojo for just like kind of a mild push, mm-hmm. uh, mild drive. And uh, I've got a uh, Stompworks Chicago Stompworks. Um, it's a clone of a Red Llama, and I use that for a little more gain. Um, do, you, do you ever stack those? Any of those? Yeah, I occasionally do. Yeah. Uh, not too often, but occasionally I do. Um, now, do you have a, a compressor on your board? Yes, I, I. You know, compressors. I've had a, I've had a hard time with finding the, 
a compressor that really speaks to me. Yeah. Uh, I had a, a uh, I had a, 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 what is it? A Kelsey, um, Kelsey compressor, limiting amplifier. Uh, had that on my, my board for a while. Uh, but I kind of gotten away from that one. And now I've, I've gone back to my boss, uh, sustainer, the, uh, CS3. Okay. Uh, which is, you know, old one that, uh, I used to use and, and I've kind of come back to that one. Yeah. Uh, and so where do you, where do you position the, the compression on your board? Yeah, it's near the front. Um, I put it. I also have a, a dry belt uh, vibe machine, uh, which is just a great vibe uh, pedal, and um, so I put the the vibe pedal before the compressor, and uh, but I put the compressor before my drives. Right. So you, okay. So you got your vibe, then your compressor, and then your drives. Right. Yeah. That's see. That's beautiful. Yeah. Now, do you put it, any kind of EQ after your drives? Uh, no, I haven't, uh, I, I haven't really don't have a uh, EQ on my, on my board. Yeah. Um, I know some guys like to put, uh, you know, an EQ after each drive, you know, uh, some guys do that in order to kind of, I don't want to say clean up the drive, but, uh, make the signal, you know, uh, much purer. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. It, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was just watching a video about that actually, um, yeah by uh tim tim pierce um he's got a, a cool uh youtube channel he, he does he does all kinds of recording uh he's been on all kinds of records um and uh he's got a really cool youtube channel that uh he covers all kinds of stuff but uh i was recently watching his his uh uh video on using a compressor after a drive I mean, not a compressor, a uh, EQ after a drive, and he had it, this this one I like. He liked a lot. It was a a graphic. It was an older graphic EQ, and I can't remember the name of it now. But it was like a, about a seven band EQ, uh, graphic EQ, and uh, he said it's just it, it's just so great because uh, you can you know when you switch guitars, if something's just a little too yep. wooly, you know, you could clean it right up. Yeah. Uh, if something's too bright, you can you can warm it up, and you can do it very very quickly with with you know the graphic EQ. Um, mm-hmm. So that that piqued my interest actually uh, about about doing that very thing. Yeah, you you know who else does that? That's that's actually really well known, is David Gilmore. Oh okay, yeah. Yeah, David yeah. Gilmore puts a uh, uh, paramedic or not paramedic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, he, well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking COVID. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but he puts, he puts an EQ after he's, you know, he uses those, uh, uh, those, uh, tube drivers and he usually has two of them. Uh huh. And he'll put an EQ after each one in order to, uh, you know, to be able to do the same exact thing that you're talking about. Yeah. Being yeah. able to, you know, tweak the tone depending on what you're going, whether you're going from, you know, yeah, it, it, makes to, to, it makes total sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I like that. I like that a lot. I've always used an, an EQ as a uh, boost pedal. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, which which I think is is beautiful because you know it, I can. But then again, I got to the point now where like the first pedal on my board now is uh, is a preamp. Um, uh, JHS makes a preamp that's also uh, an EQ. It has full EQ. Oh, okay. And so what's really nice is although I get a good sound coming out of my amp, I can fine tune that, you know, through that preamp and then boost it. And then, uh, then after I'm done with, I go through, you know, like you, my, uh, my univibe and my compression and into my drives. After that, I put an EQ for, uh, I use, it's the earthquake tone job. And it's, oh. it's just, you know, bass you know, mid and trouble in volume. And I, what I do is I set it to what the paramedic EQ, I mean, at the paramedic. (laughs) 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 I know I I said it to what the preamp is. I don't know why I said that. I said it to what the preamp is on the first of the board so that, you know, they're real similar. You can't really tell a difference. Yeah. There's no drive. You know, they sound real. That way the, the sound coming through the drive, you know, is, pretty close to you know the way that it is and so that the boost is really 100 percent pure clean uh-huh. you know through the eq it just works so so nice nice yeah, nice i don't know it's one of the geeky things i i do yeah yeah i, I think we all have our little geeky things as guitar players that we do yeah so 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 you so you're you're you know you're a good guitar player you got pro gear and uh now you got this studio and you get somebody, you know, some hack like me that wants to come in and, and record. You know, there's so many different ways to go about it today. You know, it used to be the old days, mostly everybody, you know, mic'd up their amps. Right. You know, right. and now, you know, with, uh, you know, being able to, you know, maybe just go into a, uh, you know, a direct signal and use plug-ins or to go straight into something like a Kemper or a Fractal or, you know, or something like right. that. Right, right. From, from your standpoint, I mean, one of the things that I've really come to enjoy over this COVID time is that I've gotten into more using plugins and just recording stuff on my own, you know, just for my own enjoyment. And I've really got into these UA plugins, the uh, Fush Overdrive. The, uh-huh. the Friedman Dirty Shirley, uh, they've got a 69 Plexi on there. They've got a lot of really, really great heads. And so I guess my question is, you know, is that something, you know, from your perspective, because I know you're, you know, you're, you're probably somewhat an analog guy. You know, are, are, you, are you into that type of, you know, just go direct in, you know, through the interface and let's just dial this in, in using the plugins. Is that something that, that you're into or do you still want to do it old school? Well, to a certain degree, I still want to do it old, old school, but I certainly, uh, respect the, the, the new way of doing things and, and occasionally will do it that way. But, um, but I really love my, my amps and, and what I've been doing lately is, uh, with, with the way that they've, they've developed, uh, load boxes and, speaker irs and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um i've been you know I, I use my amp heads or my amps and then i'll run them into i've been using a, a, a rivera mini rock rec 
which is a load box and, and it's got six um, settings for speaker IRs. And I love that thing, man. It's, it's just really a, um, it's easy to use, which I love. You know, you, you just plug into it. You, you, you go through the six different settings and you find the one that works for, for whatever you're working on and you're, you're good to go, man. It's, you know, there's no micing up the cabinets and, and, and another thing that makes, makes it good, uh, in, in my case is, you know, my, my recording rooms are, are a little bit small. And when I have people in here recording as, as a live unit, um, it, it allows me to, uh, keep vocals, you know, and other things that are going on in the room. Um, you know, we might go for a scratch vocal, but if, it, if the vocal is, 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 happens to just kill and it's a great vocal, we can keep it because we don't have guitar bleed all over it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, uh, so that's, that's worked out really well for me. Um, but you know, there, then there are always times where you, you want to hear, you want to have that, uh, that air moving from the speaker, you know, and, or you want to have the, the speaker, uh, pickup interaction, you know, where you, you get a little bit of, uh, feedback or just, just that interaction between the guitar and the speaker cabinet. Um, so, you know, in those cases, I will still mic things up, you know, because that's the only way to get that, you know, and, and, uh, so, um, I guess I, I kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, 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 maybe you need a paramedic. Yeah, I do. I do need a paramedic. Because I, I, I got paramedic on the brain. <laughs> yeah. So do you like uh, do you like adding the uh, effects afterwards, you know, uh, or do you like, you know, like, like uh, just run the guitar through the head into your into your your box and into your system and then add the effects afterwards for a guitar. Like if somebody wants to put delay or you know, some overdrive or whatever it is, or do you like running through the analog pedals? Uh, I, I do it both ways. Um, I, I, you know, it kind of depends on if the, if the person who's coming, the guitar player is coming into the studio to record, if they have their sound together and they know exactly what, what they're going for, then by all means, let's, let's, uh, let's just record it and print it as is, you know, going through your, their pedal board and, uh, you know, using all the effects that they want to use, uh, and capture it the, the, the way that they hear it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm, I'm all for that, you know, but then, but then there are times where, you know, people come in and they're not quite sure what they're going for. And, you know, they have the basic tune together and they, they have the, the changes and they have a basic sound, but they're not quite sure effect wise or, or production-wise, what they're going for. Uh, so in those cases, it's it's usually best to to put the effects on afterwards because it, it just gives you a, a a palette to work with. You know, you can you can change things. You can it, it just gives you so so many more options. You know, mm-hmm. to you're not stuck with what you you printed uh, to begin with. You know. Yeah, I think it. I think it's hard sometimes for for guitars. I know it is, or it has been for myself. First of all, you know, I'm not good in the studio, and you know this. <laughs> I'm not good in the studio because 
you know, I'm more of a live player and, uh, you know, there's aspects of it that, that frustrate me, especially sure. when, it, especially when a, a clock's ticking and, you know, right. you know, you're paying for time and all that kind of stuff. And it gets a little frustrating for, for me personally, although I do enjoy it, you know, yes, um, right, I do. Right. but I, the thing that's difficult, I think for, for most players or for some guys anyway, is that uh, it's it's hard to it is hard to just plug in with with it with the signal dry and then add yes. everything because you're so used to your sound being your sound and having you know your your wah and your overdrive and all that other kind of stuff going on when it goes on and it takes some really getting used to just feeling okay with I'm just going to play this dry and then add it afterwards. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, but there, you know, you could always get around that in the studio by by adding cue effects in the cue uh, sense, so that you know the guitar player is is hearing a delay or they're hearing a reverb, even though it's not being printed. You know, yeah. So, um, so there are ways to get around that, but uh, uh, yeah, but I know exactly what you're talking about. It 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 it, it is hard. Uh, but you know, it, like like you say, you know, if a if a player knows his sound and that is his sound, then I'm all for for going with that sound, you know. Yeah. So, uh, what what do you think is a uh, a good way for guys? Let's say they you know they got a guitar and they're you know trying to write some songs and come up with some ideas, and they got a laptop. You know, what's the best way for them? I mean, what's a good program for them to use or a good, you know, interface for them to have, you know, something simple that they can, you know, get the, get the party started? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, I can't say enough about the, you, you had already mentioned it, the, the, the universal audio stuff, the UAD stuff. Um, that stuff, uh, you know, I used to use uh, plugins from Waves and, you know, some of those other companies. And at the time, those those were great plugins. But man, when, when UA came out and came out with all these um, these plugins that that they have done extreme um, research on, and I mean, just fine tuning it to the point where it's really hard to tell the difference between the real thing and the plugin. You know, yeah. in some cases. Um, I just, you know, the, the UA stuff is, is great. Uh, I, you know, and they, they have stuff that's, you know, just a two channel stuff, you know, the, um, they've got the Apollo stuff and, um, so it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, that would be a good place. I, I would recommend to start, you know, is, is uh, get, just getting like a, a simple interface, and and you know a lot of to, a lot of that stuff comes with plugins as part of the package, you know. Yeah. Uh, to get you started. Yeah, they're they're uh, for UA. I have the Apollo. I have one of the Apollos, but they have another one that's called the Arrow, which is like their their base. You know what I yeah. mean? The thing that yeah, I, the thing that I really love about the UA stuff, the their interface, is that you don't have any latency issues. Because you're using yeah. a, you're using a Thunderbolt cable, 
you don't have any latency issues, you know. So if you go through any kind of other interface, for the most part, you know, you're going to have to, you know, make some adjustments so that you don't have to, you know, deal with yeah. that delay. Right, right. Yeah. And now they got their own, they got their own uh, uh, recording software too now with the, the Luna, you know. It's, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, because you get you get uh, the the console for the for the UA stuff is is really nice, and uh, you know you can go in and you can preset all your different stuff. And one of the things that you said a minute ago was how close to real, you know, stuff is. Yeah, I own a Fuji uh, Overdrive uh, amp, and I got I got a uh, fifty watt head. And the modeling stuff that they have on their plug-in is spot on. I mean, it is just spot on. I mean, it's just, you know, I, yeah. I, I can get Robin Tone, Robin uh, Ford Tones for days. You know what I mean? With that amp head. You know? That's, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's great. And they got presets already in there too. But what kind of, uh, what kind of uh, recording program, you know, if they if they can't use the, you know, the UA because the UA stuff, I think their base model arrow is like six hundred bucks, you know. And I know yeah. you can get some of the other stuff for you know ninety nine or one ninety nine or whatever. Yeah, you know, I I don't. I'm not a guy that keeps up with all the all the the stuff that comes out all the time. Uh, I know yeah. a lot of people that like to do that, but I, I'm I'm kind of the guy that, that uh, when I when I need to buy something. And I, I feel like I, I, there's a tool that I need for the studio or for myself. I'll do a bunch of research on it and, and, and figure out what's going to be the best thing for me. And then once I buy it, it's like, okay, I, I don't, I don't keep up with that stuff anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just kind of, I just kind of let it go because I mean, you can spend all your time on that stuff, you know, and, and I would rather be creating, you know, and, and rather be recording and creating and that's not spending my time, uh, researching all that stuff all the time you know right. um, so so i you know I, I you know i'm sorry to say that I, I i really don't know what what you know the the basic starter stuff is for for people you know um i know there's a bunch of it out there but right i just, don't, I just really don't keep up with it so um you got a guy coming in and he's gonna you know He's coming in with his band or whatever. What's what's something that you would tell, you know, guitar players before they come into the studio, you know, that they really need to have an order that they need to have prepared or be prepared for or whatever. I mean, how would you prepare somebody, you know, if they're unfamiliar with the uh, with the process? Well, uh, I would tell people to work with a, a a metronome before they come in or a click track. Uh, <laughs> Even even if they're not going to use a click track, you right. know, even even if they're going to throw that out the window, because uh, it just makes such a difference um, in, in the you know in getting something down, you know, getting something down and not wasting time. Um, I mean, that's you know, I, I try to prepare people in a way that when they come in, they're not going to be on the clock, like you mentioned being on the clock, you know, and, and, you know, from my perspective, I, d I don't want to, um, waste a lot of time for people. I, you know, I, I, I want to keep things moving, um, uh, in, in the studio. I, I don't want to ream people, you know, 
because they're not prepared or, you know, I, I never have the thought that, okay, these guys aren't prepared. I, I'm going to make a bunch of money on these guys. You know, I, I, I don't want to do that. You know, I, 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 uh, I, I want, uh, I want people to be really happy when they leave here. And because that's, that's, and when you're running your own business, uh, you know, my dad had his, he, he was a sole proprietor of a, his own business. And that was one of the things he told me when I was growing up was, uh, take care of people, take care of your customers. Um, you, you, you know, if you want to grow your business, you have to take care of your customers, you know? And, and so I, you know, I learned that from him. And, uh, and so I, I, I've always been of the mindset, you know, of trying to give people the, the best pop, possible experience that they can have in the studio and uh but getting back to your question um you know working with click track um getting your sound together uh getting you know knowing the song you know uh you'd be surprised how many people come in uh thinking that they have the song down and they don't you know they get here and they you know they kind of flounder around you know and and uh and, you know, so it's, sometimes I'll, I'll tell people, you know, why don't you, this is not happening today, you know, so rather than spending the next four hours trying to get this down, why don't we, you know, cut it off today and you go home for the next week and work on this part and then come back and we'll, then we'll nail it, you know, and, and, uh, and people seem to really appreciate that for the most part. Yeah. You know, some you get the guy who, who doesn't like to be told anything. You know, you, you always have those people, but uh, but but most people appreciate it. Yeah, I think I think I'm probably one of those people, huh, John? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, you don't want to say I get it. Okay, all right. <laughs> I know I'm difficult. It's 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 a weird process. It, it is, is a weird process, yeah. Some, it is some guys, process. some guys are built for it, and that's what they do, you know. And yeah. Other, other guys, yeah. it's you know, it's a love hate relationship almost. Yeah. No, you're no doubt, and I man, I understand that totally. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I I know from my own experience because you know, as, as some people that you know <laughs> listen to to this podcast and know me, that I recorded. Uh, an EP recently at your place. As a matter of fact, I named the EP after your studio called Thunderclap Sessions. Yes, I was. I was. You're the first person that's ever done that, and I, I was very honored. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, and you know, I'm, I'm hoping to, you know, to to do something else, you know, uh, later on once everything opens back up, and uh, in that because you know the purpose was to to do the release, and then you know, and follow it with shows and stuff like that. But because of the whole COVID thing, it just kind of, right. you know, threw everything out of, out of whack. And, uh, it sure did. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of anxious to, to get back in, but the, the beautiful thing is, is that the time off has, you know, hopefully it's done this for other people too. It's, it's made it so that I've really been able to focus on my playing a lot more. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, I'm a little bit better today than I was 
you know, three months ago in that. But uh, to get back in the studio would be would be really nice. So I know you're not taking people now. You said earlier that you were mixing and mastering for other things. You know, do you have a foreseeable, you know, time that you might be thinking that your studio will be back open and you'll be taking people back in? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of looking at July right now. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, you know, we'll kind of have to wait and see. Um, with, uh, you know, I, 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 as you know, I, my, uh, we talked about this, but, you know, my mom is 98 and I, I do a lot of things for her. I go over to her house. And so, I, you know, I don't want to take any chances on, you know, picking this, this uh, COVID thing up and then taking it, uh, you know, passing it on to her. So yeah. I've been very, very, very conscious about that and trying to be very safe. But, but I'm hoping that, you know, as, as things start to open up, I'm hoping that maybe in, in July I, I can start doing live sessions again. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but well, you know, I just have to see how it goes because, you know, with things opening up, it's, you know, there's always the possibility that things could, you know, this thing could spike again, you know? Yeah. So, and, and your band, are you guys working on a new new project yourselves? Yeah, you know, we had just started, yeah. when all this hit, we had just started uh, uh, looking towards recording a, uh, a new project. We, we've got a bunch of new songs that we've been working on for uh, since the last uh, record came out. And uh, we uh, we were feeling really good about the songs and... and we were even talking about, you know, setting up some recording dates and, and getting getting started on it, and, and then all this hit, and it, and it just put the kibosh on it. So um, we'll get back at it one of these days. But right right now, you know, we we haven't even been getting together to rehearse because of of this whole thing, you know, yeah. just like so, just like everybody else, you know. Yeah, I know my whole my whole thing fell apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it because you know, yeah. What do you do? Yeah, I you know. know. What do you do? You know, you got musicians that, you know, they make a living playing music and when you can't you know, even get out and play. Right. You know, everybody's, I, I know guys that, you know, tour, you know, the world every year that have taken jobs at Home Depot, you know, because, uh -huh. yeah, uh -huh. because they're just, you know, there's no work and they're having a hard time getting unemployment and, and things like that. So it makes it really difficult. Yeah, yeah, sure does. Yeah, I know a lot of guys that are suffering right now. That, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been tough. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate that my, you know, my overhead is not real high because I'm my studio's in my house. You know, so yeah, uh, I, I'm very fortunate with that because if I if I had a commercial space, uh, there's no doubt I would go under. You know. It, yeah. There, there'd just be no way to, to carry on with, with no business coming in. Yeah. Well, I can tell you the work that you do is, is fantastic. I loved working with you, John. I thought you were, uh, you were a great engineer. I thought your studio was, I like the way that you work with me. You know, you didn't push me. You didn't, um, you actually complimented, uh, everything that I did. You made it really easy because there, you know what? I'm the kind of guy, and I think there's a lot of people like that that don't trust other people's ears. You're so uh -huh. you're so used to what you do and the way that you do it that it's hard to you know to get the opinion of other people or to rely on other people 
you know, right. to, to help okay. give that kind of input. And you made it really easy to be able to rely on you for input on a lot of things. And so. Well, thanks, man. That's, that's really great to hear. I, I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Well, John, you know, I appreciate you taking, you know, some time out and uh, letting me talk to you about, about your gear and your band and your recording studio. And all cool, that man. Stuff. I'm glad you asked me to do this. And, uh, and Hey, let me say that you, uh, you're a great interviewer. You know, I, I've been interviewed by people before, and uh, there's a lot of times where it, it, I don't know what to say because I'm not being asked very good questions, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I and appreciate you, you, that. You do a really good job, I tell you. Yeah. Hey, you had you a real funny story. The first time that I interviewed Steve Lukather, right, I got Steve on the phone. I said, hey, Steve, how you doing? He goes, pretty good. And then I didn't say a word for another hour and ten minutes. <laughs> Serious. I didn't say anything. Really? Yeah. Really? He just he just went off and kept yeah. talking. Yeah, he just started talking and that was it. And I would you know, every now and then I would go, Yeah, or okay, or uh huh. <laughs> you know, something like That's that. so funny. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, he he's a he's a hoot. He's easy to interview. But Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, John, I appreciate it. All right, so there you go. That's John Carpenter of the uh, Thunderclap Recording Studios in Hammond, Indiana. I tell you what, if you're looking for a studio or if you're looking for an engineer or even a producer, you, you know, John Carpenter is, uh, he's, he's a good guy, a really good guy. He's got a great ear and, um, I would recommend him to anyone, uh, that's looking for, you know, those types of services and that. So I want to thank John Carpenter from Thunderclap Recording Studios for being my guest uh, you can connect with him on facebook there's actually a thunderclap recording studios uh, facebook page um, i think you can also go to the thunderclap recording studios.com i do believe but i want to thank john for being my guest now this coming wednesday you know we've got a great east coast blues guy barrett anderson now he's got a new album out it's called hypno boogie uh, his playing's a little different, you know, he's, he's kind of got more of a boogie woogie type feel, you know, um, maybe something old school like Chuck Berry, you know, kind of feel to, to what he does. He's really good, super nice guy, extremely talented. And so it was, uh, it was a really cool privilege to sit down in and, and have a conversation with Barrett Anderson. So join me. Uh, this coming Wednesday, when my guest is going to be Barrett Anderson, and we're going to talk about his his gear and his playing and his new album, Hypno Boogie. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure that you're following me on all aspects of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, also Jimmy Warren Radio on Facebook. Also go to our website, Jimmy Warren Official and Guitar Talk Official, and subscribe so that you can stay up to date with everything that's going on. We've got a ton of great players coming uh, from this point on. I mean, we've had some great ones. Oh, my God. But just to give you an idea, i got John Harrington, uh, Carl Verhagen, Frank Marino, uh, Kim uh, uh, Simons from uh, Savoy Brown, I mean, Kurt Fletcher, Orianthi, uh, Steve Lukather, uh, Lee Rittenauer, uh, just a ton. 
And we got the guys from Blacktop Mojo, uh, the Georgia Thunderbolts, uh, South of Eden, Magnolia Bay, uh, Andrew Fulton from Them Dirty Roses out of Nashville. We got us a ton of great players and people coming on. So, you know, stay tuned because it's going to get crazy uh, on Guitar Talk and that. And we, we appreciate you guys tuning in all the time. We really do. You know, and if you want to help us out, you know, you can uh, go to our website, uh, Guitar Talk Official or JimmyWarrenOfficial.com, and you can support us financially to uh, help us, you know, keep this thing going and, you know, keep bringing on some really cool guests and that, okay? So I want to thank everybody for tuning in, and I will see you on Wednesday when my guest is Barrett Anderson. Y'all stay cool.